welcome to Defenders. Bendenido a Defenders. That's right, folks. Welcome to episode 183 of Defenders of the Bank with Philly and the Scarf, the most LAFC podcast in the West Coast, the East Coast, and clearly the South of Florida. My name is Christian Philly Philem in the self-proclaimed Toast of the East Coast, and I am joined on this sexy Saturday. That's right, it's a sexy Saturday Whoa. with my main man, the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert, the scarf. What is good, LAFC faithful? What? A day in Miami. We survived Tropical Storm Breck right there in the greater Fort Lauderdale area. Are you kidding? What a match. But Philly, we are right here. Talk about party in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. I'm going uh, to Burbank. I, Burbank's not close to a beach. <laughs> but we had, we had a nice little watch party. Party in the seats where the AC was on. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was nice. We hung out with our friends over at 110 Football. It was good. We had Vince. We had Jessica. We had Jason. We had Zach Berg make an appearance on there, which was nice. Obviously, the girls were there, too. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun, man. We had a good time. And uh, you know what? What a great way to start out a Saturday, a 10.30 a.m. kick. You can only get that in Major League Soccer, my friends. A 10.30 a.m. kick for LAFC Going to Miami for the very first time. No, I'm a fan of it. I, we got to walk. Well, not you, me. I got to walk to work early this morning at 110. I'm <laughs> I would like, have had to start three days ago. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm 0.6 miles away from that 110 studio. You but jerk. I like this because I'm looking outside right now. I don't need to turn on all these lights. I don't need a camera light. I don't need a cell phone light. It is about a quarter to five on Saturday, March the 12th. And you know what? We might beat daylight savings Woo! time at this point. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I don't mind this. We have the rest of the day to do things. We had a nice meal. We celebrated a nice victory for LAFC. And uh, sadly, though, my Indiana Hoosiers lost to, to Iowa. At but that's, that's okay. At the buzzer. At the buzzer. That's okay. So at least we got two out of three today. And that's the case. And we're here to give you a recap of this sexy Saturday. It's between a sexy Saturday. Sexy like party, it. sexy Saturday between LAFC and Inter Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, Philly, we were talking about, obviously, Will Smith's Miami as the song of choice leading into this. But, you know, there was another song that I kept thinking about before the match. That was a uh, Hey Jealousy. That's right. Hey Jealousy. Gin Blossoms, really? Yeah, because I was watching the 3252 in the ah, South End yes. over there in Miami. And they could care less that there was there were 25-plus mile-an-hour gale force winds, that a, a tropical storm came through. They got a little rained on there. All they did was get louder and louder. My social media feed was nothing but, oh, hey, we're enjoying a drink here in Miami. Oh, hey, we're having some good food here in Miami. I am so jealous of all of you right now, and I wish I could have been there with you. How awesome did they look and sound, though, Philly, on that Twitter broadcast? Philly has some thoughts, as do I, but I'm going to let Philly share his thoughts at the end of the episode on the the main broadcaster, the main play-by-play guy, in a little bit at the end of the episode. But Philly, how awesome did it look for the 3252 in Miami? No, it looked really cool. And it was interesting because the it wasn't quite the capacity crowd at the pink DMV stadium. It was not. Yes, I know that I am 
I am on purpose butchering the name of that place, the Pink DMV Stadium. DMV, yes, the Department of Motor Vehicles. And the reason why I say DMV is because Inner Fort Lauderdale is about 34 or so miles away from the proposed ground of where Inter Miami would like to place their stadium. And if you really care, in about a month or so, I believe April-ish, that's when they're going to have their citywide vote as to whether or not Inter Miami can move. Uh, it was supposed to be on February the 23rd, but they just kept passing the egg down the uh, the carton, I guess you can say. But yeah, I don't know that that's ever been said before. Passing the egg down the carton. I yeah, like that. I was, I was just trying and, to connect. And by the way, Philly is talking words. to both of the Miami fans that listen to our podcast. So thank you. If you really do care about when that vote is, when's that date again, Philly? Um, oh, geez. I had it written down. Hang on one second. I will tell you. Okay. I will tell you. Survey says, survey says, hang on. Uh, I got it right here. Supposed, it was supposed to be February 23rd, right. uh, April 7th. It's postponed April until 7th. April 7th. All right. So both of you that were listening from the greater Fort Lauderdale area, first of all, thank you. We know you love listening to the podcast and we appreciate it. But April 7th is what Philly just said for that date. So there you go. Uh, Philly, can we talk for just a minute about Jeff and AC NoHo, Alex, (laughs) the incredible cover art, the match day poster. I mean, Philly, how many hours Mm. of your life did you spend when you were in what, grade school, middle school, high school, playing Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. I don't think that there could have been a cooler match day cover than GTA Vice City for this. So for you know, for all intents and purposes, oh when I was in grade school, we had 16-bit video game systems. All right. So all there right. was no Vice City back then. All right. You know what I mean. But in terms of Vice City, yeah, I could distinctly remember missing plenty of classes freshman and sophomore year to play that game. And it was only a matter of time before the awesome awesome artwork would come out to represent Vice City. I mean, we saw Castlevania, Castlevania earlier in the season. Halo 2 after that. I can't wait to see like Carlos Vela in a Super Mario 3 like <laughs> raccoon outfit with the yellow background. Certainly oh, you, looking- you were the Tanuki suit Mario? See, I like the frog suit Mario. Oh, yeah, but you myself. could fly. I mean, the, the frog suit Mario was, was doo-doo yeah, but, brown unless you I, were in the water. No, I was a swimmer. What do you expect? That well, was like, my well, favorite Mario suit. Well, well, sure, but playing the game, you were better off flying in the air. There were more opportunities to fly than swim in Mario. <laughs> Three. <laughs> yeah, and, and another shout out to Blake. After the match, his meme was incredible. The GTA Vice City mission failed. Uh, you have lost to LAFC. Shout out to LAFC Central, Blake Beckner. Uh, you can see him photographing many of the matches. You can see him attending many of the matches. It's a good dude. So lo- lots of fun stuff going on, Philly. Let's get into a bit of a rundown here as I try not to burp up the uh, chips and salsa that we just had there a minute ago. We're going to do a little bit of this day in LAFC history and, of course, some news and notes, a breakdown of the match versus Miami, and then a check on the current standings in Major League Soccer. Philly, we may be able to, at least for the next couple hours or so, bring back an old favorite from 2019 it's going to sound like music to our ears. More on that in just a little bit. But let's get in to this day in LAFC history. And Philly mentioned it. We are recording on March 12th. It is it is nice and early. My goodness. 4.49 p.m. Oh, I'll be asleep in 20 minutes. This is great. <laughs> it's because it's he's old. So March 12th. Because we started drinking early. That's also true. 1993, the birthday of... The greatest keeper in club history before we signed Maxime Cropot. Happy birthday to Tyler Miller. That's right. The Montreal, excuse me, Minnesota United, not Montreal. Minnesota United keeper Tyler Miller, born on this date 
1993. But even more important than that, Philly, a player that you and I have grown to absolutely love, also born on the same day, but in 1999, I was 16, Philly was 18, 19, somewhere around there in 1999, 19, Philly, you were yeah, you were 19 in 19. No, I was 18. I you didn't turn 19 19 as until that today. August. That's true. So you're a legal adult as of his birthday. That's Jose Cifuentes. Sifu, happy birthday to Sifu. We were hoping he would get a goal or an assist or something today. But you know what? He came out of the game injury free. So we'll take that for Sifu. Also on the 12th, 2018, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, and Steven Betashore named the 2018 MLS Week 2 Team of the Week, and Bob Bradley named as the coach of the Week 2 Team of the Week. And on that same day, Mark Anthony Kay and Dayan Yakovich were called in to Canada's men's national team ahead of a friendly against New Zealand. And in 2019, so many things going on on March 12th, 2019, Christian Ramirez, I remember him, was called into the U.S. men's national team for friendlies against Ecuador and Chile. Mark Anthony Kay called back into uh, to the uh, Canadian men's national team for the CONCACAF Nations League qualifier against French Guiana. And LAFC, honored by the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors for its record-breaking inaugural season and contributions to the county of L.A. and rounding it out. A bit of a sad moment, but I wanted to make sure we mentioned it because I have a feeling, Philly, in the next month or two, we're going to be able to look back on all of this and hopefully see a relative light at the end of the tunnel. March 12th, 2020, folks, two years ago today, was the first LAFC match postponed due to COVID-19. That was the LAFC's second round match in the CONCACAF Champions League against Cruz Azul at Bank of California Stadium. Philly, it's hard to believe two years ago that everything shut down, not just in the sports world, but in the world in general, two years ago, pretty much today. The PTSD is still real. Um, yeah. Just the fact that we played Inner Miami conjured up memories of traveling back from Italy to make sure that we came to LAFC's home opener against Inner Miami. That was the day you and I met David Beckham. That's the day you and you and David reunited. Used to That's do parent true. teacher conferences with That's him true. and Posh. And rumor has it he might have actually had COVID yeah. at that time That's period. True. So That's true. yeah, a lot of a lot of PTSD and a lot of craziness going on in the world. Obviously, you know, we were, we're highlighting COVID happening two years ago and you know, you, you think we'd get over that and move on to a better and greener pastures but obviously we're we're dealing with global geopolitical conflicts right now with Russia and Ukraine there's a lot going on but thankfully we get to sit here in world famous Phila Monster Studios and give you the millions and millions a little bit of a reprieve from a very sexy Saturday match between <laughs> LAFC and Inter Miami I kind of love that it's a sexy Saturday match it's a sexy party that's, Saturday uh, that's the end of this day in LAFC history just a couple of news and notes Philly uh, this is something that hopefully you and I will be able to witness in person as well later on this year. Per LAFC.com, LAFC announcing the loan agreements of several players to Las Vegas Lights FC. The Whoa, clubs. You mean they have a roster finally? We will. They yeah, start it's, today. It's going to be populated by several LAFC players, which will be fun. The Lights will also sign three LAFC Academy players to USL Academy contracts, which is kind of neat. LAFC defenders Eric Duenas and Mohamed Traore will join the Lights on loan for the entire 
2022 season. So Duaneus will be able to play back from injury. Traore really didn't play all that much for LAFC uh, on last year's roster. And then the following six players, Philly, will be eligible. It's kind of like a two-way contract in the NBA. They'll be eligible for loan throughout 2022. Cal Jennings, Danny Musovsky, and Christian Torres on the front line. Julian Gaines, who might actually finally play after, what was that injury that he's had now for forever, Philly? The the Julian Gaines injury? <laughs> the, pel- the pelvic thrust pelvic, injury? Yeah, the to- the shattered, torn, whatever he did to his pelvis. I, I never realized that that was the thing. I figure you can, like, you know, mess it up doing Good Brazilian Lord. jiu-jitsu or, yeah, capoeira. or, or capoeira or, you well, you know. I'll I, leave it to your imagination. It, it look, look, I'm just saying he's been out for the greater part of what? 12 months or so at least now with this injury, this this pelvic fracture or whatever he's dealing with there. A player who I am really hoping we see in black and gold at some point this season is Tony Leone. Uh, and uh, that would be uh, Thomas Romero. Excuse me, couldn't find it in my own notes. Good Lord. Wake it up, Scarf. Tomas Romero in goal for the Las Vegas Lights, although it looks like they might have Abraham Romero or someone else starting back there in keeper for the remainder of the season for 2021. It's all a mystery, man. And like they got to get their ish together because they play New Mexico United in about 23 hours. It's uh, tomorrow night for sure. And hopefully they've accounted for daylight savings time. That leaves them a little bit less time than they might have had. LAFC Academy products Christopher Jaime, Armando Avila, and Dylan Presto will sign USL Academy contracts, which allow the players to retain their NCAA eligibility while being registered to compete in the USL championship matches with the Lights. All three of those players, by the way, Philly, also played with Las Vegas last year. And let's not forget, by having Cal Jennings back, that's the Las Vegas Lights leading goal scorer, 11 goals on the season. He also played, of course, six games for LAFC. And another player who I know likes playing down there for Las Vegas, though he'd much rather be in the black and gold, Las Vegas native, the Moose, Danny Musovsky. So it's going to be a fun season down in Vegas, Philly. Uh, Now, Philly, with this next bit of news, I I don't mean to confuse you, but Ontario has a new keeper. Ontario has a new keeper, Philly. I'm sorry if this is a little confusing, but I mean... I beg your pardon, mate. Peterborough, Ontario. That's right. Canada, Peterborough, Uh. Ontario, Canada has a new soccer club called Electric City FC. Okay, he he tried to do a little bit of Tom Fooler on Tom Foolery on me defenders. (laughs) Look, I'm going to I'm going to bring up another league that I don't think exists. It exists behind a cupboard somewhere in Narnia, north of the border (laughs) of North America. It's called League One Ontario. Oh, yeah. I know the commissioner. It's Mr. Tumnus. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. League One Ontario is a it's a pro am league. Relatively similar to like USL League Two, from what I like, understand. Like, like, like RC Pro Am, the old Nintendo uh, game. Loved RC Pro Am, by the way. Well, Electric City has a new keeper. Inaugural LAFC team member Quillen Roberts oh, has yes. once again emerged in professional ish <laughs> soccer at this point. Our fourth He's, string keeper from 2018. Who never suited up for LAFC. Congrats to Quillen on. I guess keeping the dream alive, man. Electric City FC, how to live Scranton, in Canada. Pennsylvania. Yeah, right? <laughs> Jesus. And, and last thing, one of Philly's favorite players in the history of black and gold, of course, is Andy Nahar. And Andy has signed an extension with the D.C. United, keeping him in the nation's capital through 2023 with an option through 2024. And, of course, the Honduran made eight appearances 
for LAFC in 2020 before landing with DC last year. And Philly, of course, collects all of his jerseys, trading cards, match armbands, and everything else. Oh, yeah, else. We, we, we engage in conversation <laughs> daily. <laughs> Philly wasn't a big fan of uh, Andy Nahar. Philly, it was windy in Miami. It certainly was. It, it certainly was. So LAFC heads down to Fort Lauderdale. That's right, 34 miles away from the proposed yeah, we site. We think Carson's far. Yeah, no kidding. Fort Lauderdale is a lot further. And you know what? There are a lot of people that now live in South Florida. So the traffic up there, in certain cases, is unbearable. Now, we don't have much history with Inner Miami other than that one to nil win that we had on March the 1st, 2020, when Carlos Vela happened to score a goal against them. Uh, and and the that was the return of that. Lee Wynn to Bank of California Stadium. The return of Lee Wynn, indeed. But since that inaugural game, Inter-Miami has been an absolute dumpster fire. Over the course of the past couple of seasons, they have finished no higher than 10th and have maintained a 20, 30, and 9 record. Absolutely awful. As far as their most previous matches... Inter-Miami, we we suspected that they would come into this game red hot after getting absolutely shellacked by FC Broccoli 5-1. to one. They made Driussi, Cascante, and Finley look really, really good. Campana was the only goal scorer for Miami. And, you know, how they ended up stealing a point, by the way, from Chicago a week prior to that is fascinating. Well, Chicago's but not very good on the front line either. So. I, I, I get it. But let, let's talk about, you know, the, the dumpster fire that is Inter-Miami. Let's. As recently as May 28th. <laughs> MLS handed Miami the stiffest penalty in MLS history. Why? Because, you know, you're not exactly allowed to have 12 designated players you on are your not. team. Uh, they gave them, MLS that is, a reduction of allocation money of $2.2 million spread over the 2022 and 2023 season. If you're doing math, that is 11.9% of Miami's salary budget. Yeesh. Naughty, naughty. Jorge Mas, $250,000 fine. Ha! That's such a stupid slap on the wrist fine that's giving Scarf a $5 fine for jaywalking. Okay. And, and the interesting thing, and the person that really got bastardized in terms of all this, Paul McDonough. For those of you who don't know who Paul McDonough is, he was the John Thorington equivalent of Inner Miami and the man responsible for building Atlanta United. It was his moves, obviously with the blessings of one Jorge Moss and potentially David Beckham, that led to Inner Miami's faux pas. And as a result of his crap, uh, he's suspended for the 2022 season. And, you know, you, you think that is the only thing that's wrong with them? No. Their stadium... Every time that the city, the county wants to, uh, has been wanting to vote on whether or not Inner Miami would get what they want, they keep kicking the can down the road. February 23rd, the city was supposed to have a vote uh, whether or not they were going to approve a stadium for Inner Miami. Well, that got kicked to April 7th. So we'll see what the deal is. They have been awful since coming into the league, and they have done something that our neighbors down the 110 did. Uh, they adopted a very antiquated system scarf. Yep. An yeah. antiquated system in terms of bringing in old, old, used, washed up talent to put cheeks in seats and hopefully produce a really good product on the pitch. And that has failed miserably. If we wouldn't get sued, I would cue in Miley Cyrus's, I came in like a wrecking ball. Well, that's fine. It was as if she was here just now when you sang that. I mean, that seriously, great. I'm just as talented and just as sexy. What can I say? So that wrecking ball. That was our, wait, what? Yeah, moment clearly. of Philly's monologue. Yeah, last season's, <laughs> last season's roster decimated. 11 players out, 11 players in uh, right now. And finally, they're adopting a youthful strategy, which is good. But the stench that is inter 
Walter Fort Lauderdale will resonate for quite some time. And, you know, after getting into this match recap, you'll understand what we're talking about in terms of stench. Yeah, you know, real quick, too. Blaise Matuti, Andres Reyes, Leandro Gonzalez Perez, Nico Figal, and Julian Carranza, those were the five players that were all categorized at some point as a designated player by Major League Soccer, and zero of them had an impact on today's match or even played in today's match. That is just two years from all of these sanctions being levied, and not one of them still on the team. They are still stuck with an aging Higuain on the roster, and it's... A very bitter and sour old man, if I do say so I myself. mean, his brother retired out from under him last season, so... His brother at least had heart and played sure. in the MLS like he cared. Yeah, look, it's it's going to be tough for this team to be good for any time in the foreseeable future. But that being said, let's get right into it, Philly. Let's talk about the lineups for both of these clubs. Obviously, we talked about how LAFC and Miami had only played each other once before. And we just talked about how different 2020 was than these 2022 inter-Fort Lauderdale uh, troopers that are taking the pitch. How about for inter-Miami, Clement Diop in goal. This was a keeper who played for Montreal over the last couple of seasons. A player who lives in Los Angeles and someone who I thought LAFC might look at to fill the void that was uh, kind of three keepers last year, obviously, means that you have zero keepers. So LAFC looking for a fresh start. Maxime Cropo could not have been a better option. I, I just thought the team was going to look towards Clement Jopp because he was a little bit cheaper. He was a local guy. We'll see. But, oh, my God, am I excited we got Maxime Cropo. So Clement Jopp, the former keeper for Montreal, and I think you mentioned this, Philly, when we were talking about it earlier, his 50th cap Today, in yeah. uh, MLS. The defender DeAndre Yedlin, who, man, has he bounced around. He had his quote-unquote glory days in Major League Soccer with the Seattle Sounders back when back when I was following the Seattle Sounders, to be honest. DeAndre Yedlin was a great player, but kind of fell out of favor, different stops over in Europe, and now here he is back in Major League Soccer. I don't know if we called his name more than once or twice, Philly, while watching this game. No, his talents are very indicative as to where he landed. Yeah, jeez. A dumpster fire of a player that landed on a dumpster fire of a team. And Philly is throwing some shade. Well, he started ish Andrew with right Latif, now. so DeAndre Yellen could suck it. <laughs> Defender Damian Lowe, the Jamaican who's played all over the place. He's played with Sounders. He played with Minnesota before they were an MLS club when they were back in the NASL. Played with Egypt and Norway, the Tampa Bay Rowdies, Phoenix Rising. This guy has really played everywhere. Defender Christopher McVeigh of Sweden. Defender hmm. Breck Shea. Uh, you forgot something. What did I forget? Breck the mullet, oh, Shay, yeah. the, the Jared Weaver of Major League Soccer. How at age 32 can you already be this washed up, Breck Shay? Started with FC Dallas, but Calling then it as I see it. multiple stops in England, of course, Stoke City, Birmingham, and Burnley. Back to Major League Soccer with Orlando, Vancouver, Atlanta, and then here in Miami. Look, he's he's played 34 games in the system for the U.S. men's national team program and then 34 games for the senior team in the U.S. men's national team. It's unbelievable how far the star has fallen 
for one Breck Shea at Inter Miami. In the midfield, it was Jean Mota from Brazil, formerly of Santos. Mo Adams, the English footballer who is the Syracuse product, last with Atlanta United. The midfielder Grigore from Brazil. Robert Taylor from Finland, who bounced around Finland, Sweden, and Norway. It's a very Finnish name. Landing in, yeah, right. And then the forwards, we mentioned him already Gonzalo Iguain. And look, the Argentinian. <laughs> the lucky strike. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not sure the casual fan, though, Philly, really does understand the magnitude of the player that Gonzalo Iguain used to be. And those are key words. He started his career at River Plate, then moved on to Real Madrid, Napoli, and then they paid $99 million, Juventus did, to bring Gonzalo Iguain from the Napoli to Juve. An unreal amount, $99 million, could pretty much pay the salaries of everyone in FC Cincinnati for the next five years. Oh, my God. And the trophies, Scarf. Yeah. The trophies. I oh, mean, yeah. Three La Liga titles, three Serie A titles, Copa del Rey, two Super Copa de España, three Copa Italias, one Super Copa Italia, one Europa League, 75 caps with Argentina. Yep. Wow. Wow, yeah. how the mighty have fallen. And and they thought he was a little washed up going to AC Milan and Chelsea after this was all over. But boy, did he prove them wrong by how washed up you can be still playing soccer here in Miami. I mean, there were some times, Philly, in the first half, and obviously we'll get into this, excuse me, in the second half, where we'll get into this, where they were down a man and... He just gave you nothing up top. That was rough. The best comment about him was David Beckham when he was asked, how's your relationship with Gonzalo Higuain? And he made the comment that, well, if he could score more goals, we'd have a better relationship. Well, that is indicative as to how management feels about this washed up former unbelievable player. Absolutely. And, and Phil Neville mentioned it after the match in this game. And I promise we'll get into the match in just a second. They said he, he needs to perform better. It was very simple with what Phil Neville said. He needs to perform better. He did not last up on the starting roster forward Leonardo Campagna from Ecuador on loan from Wolverhampton. Still the only goal scorer for this. That's for, for right. Miami. He had the goal last match in their 5-1 loss. Only a couple players I want to mention on the 18. Ari Lasseter, son of Roy Lasseter, and Edison Ascogna, the 18-year-old from the Dominican Republic. That rounds out the home team Philly the visiting black and gold, and man, did those uniforms look great again here on the road. Yeah, and it's very important to highlight the fact that going into this match, there were a couple of players that started the previous two matches that were put on the questionable list, and that I mean by Franco Escobar and Chiqui Palacios. So there should be no surprise as to who started in the back line for the black and gold. Obviously, in between the pipes, we have Maxime Crepeau, and I will uh, make fun of the TUDN announcers for the way they pronounce this name. Look, I'm not an egotistical man by any stretch of the imagination, but at the very least, having spent, I don't know, a year calling play-by-play, the least I can say is I don't mispronounce players' names. Uh, more on that later, but he started. Kim Moon-Wan finally getting his position back in the starting lineup. Daniil Henry, a very, very big human being, got to start in, as center back. Mamadou Fall, who is no stranger to that of the South Florida weather, having spent time at the Montverde Academy. Ryan Hollingshead. In the midfield, no changes there. Jose Cifuentes, Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta. The front line, hey, guess what? Even though he came out in the first half with a precautionary situation, Carlos Vela's starting. Excellent. Mahala, who we'll talk about later, had a very big impact on this game, started. And uh, Brian Raito Rodriguez. On the bench, we have McCarthy, who was uh, once a member of Inter-Miami. 
Murray, Latif Blessing, Pancho, and we'll get into him later on. Chicho Arango, Ishmael Tajiri Shradi, finally serviceable. And boy, was he serviceable later on in the match. Sebastian Ibiaga and the Moose. That rounds up your starting lineup and the 18. Yeah, and you know, to be perfectly honest, the match didn't really start out great for either side. Let's talk about the wind first and foremost. I think it was Panda that talked about this when we were watching it with 110 Football. 22 to 25 mile an hour winds definitely having an impact on the ball. It wasn't until about the second half where the rain really started to come down. But two early yellows, Philly, for LAFC could have really put a damper on the celebration in Miami, I mean, we're talking about Kim Moon Wan picking up one in the 11th minute for apparently maybe it was dissent or maybe the you last said, player you would ever imagine right? getting a yellow for dissent, right? I mean, I I don't know what he said. Maybe Ted Uncle speaks Korean. I don't know. I don't know what he said. Drunk Ted uh, Uncle. <laughs> but Ilya Sanchez also picking one up in the 15th minute, and not a lot of argument there on that no. one that Ilya picked up. But here we have a critical member of our back line, and dare I say it, so far, first three matches of the season, our most important midfielder picking up early yellows. But luckily, wanting to even things out, Miami picked up one as well in the 29th minute with Mo Adams. But, man, talk about a real nondescript kind of snoozer of a first half, Philly, until... The 45th minute. Yeah, I mean, we're 40, 41, 42 minutes, and we're obviously doing the, the away game with uh, with 110. And I'm kind of putting my my mental ideas together, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, the, the wind was clearly the, uh, the side that controlled possession. Neither team created any chances. Between the three, there were only three shots taken, none of them really on target. I was beyond shocked at the fact that both teams managed a, a passing accuracy of over 70% which, you know, I thought was far too optimistic considering how the wind howled. But just like that, Carlos Vela, and we have to thank Inter Fort Lauderdale. Up until this point, I certainly got my fill of the face of Breck Shea. But Breck Shea, I have to thank him because Carlos Vela, looking for a pass, happened to try happened to try to slot one in to the mid uh, to the inside the box. Breck Shea deflects the ball and it Falls right along the lines, the capable lines of Mahala, that is Quadwo Opoku, and he blasts one, plus Clement Jupp, and maybe we can credit the wind for the assist because it curled it in, it caught the trajectory of the wind in just the right spot, and just like that, what was a snooze fest of a first half turned into a very positive and optimistic scenario for LAFC as they go up one to nothing on Inter. Phil Neville. Yeah, lucky that that ball took a deflection. Deflection, excuse me. Obviously, Mahala couldn't be offside. He wasn't offside either way. And look, if Mahala's in the box like that, he is ripping one off of his foot every <laughs> single time. That was a, a just. He doesn't. He doesn't like to miss chances from there. He will. I think it was Jason, the producer for One Ten Football, that said, uh, "I don't think there's been a shot that Mahala's seen that he doesn't like so far." So he will. I, I would say the same about you and I, Scott. Absolutely, he'll shoot that ball from anywhere. Luckily, this one finds the back of the net. LAFC up one nothing. And if you thought we were done speaking about Breck Shea, you are wrong, my friends, because in the second minute of stoppage time, right before the half, I gotta say, Philly, this probably qualifies for our wait. What, what? moment of the match? 
He just got beat. Breck Shea did by Brian Rodriguez. Brian, who also did a great job of selling that move, by the way, too. But he got broken off on the inside. Brian would have been 1v1 with Clement Jopp. But no, no, no. Not if Breck Shea has anything to say about it. Breck Shea spinning him, pulling him around from behind, leading to a straight red. And honestly, Breck did nothing other than feather his hair and walk towards the sidelines. There wasn't a whole lot that Breck Shea could do. Nobody from Miami was really arguing. It was an easy red for sure. I think that was a question that Vince even posed to Max when they were talking to each other during the match. It was, how easy of a call is that if your referee, Ted Uncle, finally a card that I agreed with from our from our good old referee there, Ted, and Philly, just like that, going into the half, up one nothing. I would say 44 minutes and 58 seconds in, we were pretty disappointed by the performance of LAFC, whether or notwithstanding. We thought this team would come out guns a-blazing and really put a couple past Inter-Miami in the first half. But all of a sudden, Philly, what a sunshiny time in the sunshine state. We are up one nothing going into the half, and now they are going to play down a man. Your thoughts. So, I mean, my thoughts were um, it was quite windy as as we saw utility bills flying around in the wind. We saw garbage bags skirting along the sideline. Um, and the greatest thing I heard, it happened to come from one Zach Berg. When the question was asked, what do you think Phil Neville is saying to his team in or Miami at the half? Zach Berg responded with a simple bye. <laughs> quite funny. Phil Neville seeing a lot of pink. And I don't mean that. And I said this on the 110 show, so I will repeat myself. <laughs> Phil Neville seeing a lot of pink, but not the pink of the kits of inner Miami, the pink of a pink slip because his job's got to be on the line at this point. But as disappointing as the first half was for the longest of times, you know, you get into the conversation and you play down to the level of your opponents. Yeah. Our opponent is that of a dumpster fire. But as we know in California, a, a brush fire can create a lot of chaos. And that chaos was the level of bad play. Up until Opoku scored, there were no chances created. Three shots between the two teams and it didn't look good. But really quickly, Opoku has a shot that goes past Jump and then Breck Shea. Heads down to the Pine Pony, and we're all of a sudden in an advantageous position. Yeah, the other thing to remember, too, we're talking about when we say LAFC didn't play well, we're talking strictly in the attacking third, by the way. Yes, the midfielders didn't really play well either. There wasn't a lot of stringing together of passes. We really needed to hold possession a little bit more than we did. Lots of turnovers. But let's talk about that back line for just a quick second, Philly, going into the second half. Talk about not giving up any chances. I don't know that Maxime Cropo touched the ball more than maybe four or five times in that entire first half. Our back line and the depth of our back line, which, as you mentioned, Kim Moonwan, Daniil Henry, Ryan Hollingshead, all getting the start today on the back line around Mamadou Fall, the 19-year-old Wonderkind. And I want to make sure I pronounce that right for all of our Ted Lasso fans out Wunderkind. there. It was, an, it was a master class really put on by this LAFC back line and even the back line defending by the midfield. So Philly coming into the second half, you know, I'll be honest. I think Miami outplayed us for the first maybe 15 minutes or so of the second half. Definitely from about the 52nd to the 60th minute or so, they had eight solid minutes where it, we forgot they were down a man, and and so did Inter Miami. By the way, really pushing the tempo a little bit. Had LAFC back on their heels. A couple of really good opportunities. Robert Taylor and Gene Moda 
both creating opportunities, but it was Steve Chirundolo kind of pulling the strings a little bit, making a couple of moves at the right time in the second half. And the first of those, it's Chicho, Chicho Arango coming on to the pitch for Mahala in the 60th minute. And Philly, you and I have talked about this a ton. Chicho brings you that veteran presence, that poise, that ability to maybe hold the ball a little bit longer, that ability to connect on the end of a pass or to make the first part of that pass as you're stringing it along to another forward or somebody making a run just a little bit more quality on the ball than Mahala unless he's in the box taking a shot. So 60th minute, we bring on some experience. When you can bring in last year's LAFC golden boot winner and an almost a golden boot winner for the league, Chicho Arango, off of the bench, out of your 18, onto the pitch here 60 minutes in, looking good for LAFC. No, absolutely looking good for LAFC, but like within minutes of him subbing into the match for Mahala, we get a yellow card by, <laughs> by Mamadou Fall. I, I, I love you, Mamadou Fall, but that really was silly, and we could have had a lot of problems going in because, I mean, obviously we had a yellow card on Kim Moon Hwan, yep. we have a yellow card on Ilya Sanchez, now we pick up a yellow card on Mamadou Fall. Could that take away from the defensive pressure that the team would, would apply? Uh, I, I, I don't know, and obviously, you know, that's, that's the fear but looking around looking around we saw so much debris filtering and falling through the sky it was trash utility bills garbage bags streamers stuff from the supporters section we saw we saw garbage wrap around carlos vela's neck we saw a lot of things and then to add more controversy to it now we had rain (laughs) Now we had rain, so the wind was a mother. It started off at 22 miles per hour, and it picked up three miles per hour thanks to our weather correspondent, the Panda. Panda, what was the weather? It's windy. Thanks, Panda. (laughs) And then from there, it starts to rain. We're not used to playing in the rain. In it's fact, going rain. As supporters, we haven't really dealt with rain since that game against the Houston Dynamo. Right. That was a long time ago. And I know everybody watching on Twitter and certainly Nina and Amanda were disappointed that it was Phil Neville wearing the wet white T-shirt or white <laughs> collared shirt and not David Beckham out there for sure. But that being said, the weather. Look, I'll say this, though. The weather doesn't help either team. In that respect, right? The wind might help more if you're the team on the side that the wind is blowing towards. I think that that could help a little bit more. But the uh, the rain definitely equalized out what I think LAFC's main uh, main advantage was on the back line. And that's a lot of speed coming from guys like Kim Moon-Wan. We've seen what Mamadou Fall can do on the pitch. So uh, I think it equalized our speed. Uh, Ari Lasseter, who I love to see. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm I, I like watching Roy's kid play. He came into the match in the <laughs> 63rd minute, uh, 70th minute. A couple more changes. I mean, again, let's let's talk about the depth for LAFC. Latif Blessing coming on in the 70th minute. You're talking about a fresh motor, ready to go. Latif Blessing. And then we bring on the wrecking ball up front, Ishmael Tajuri Shradi. His job is to get goals, and we will talk about how he did his job in just a minute. Carlos Vela and Jose Cifuentes coming off. And I don't think either of us were all that worried at that point. Yes, we still had 20 minutes to see it out. Yes, we're only up one nothing. But these were subs that both of us really liked to see coming on with Latif and Ismail Tajuri Shradi, by the way, making his debut. So congratulations to Ismail Tajuri Shradi opening up 
his career with the black and gold. A bad yellow by my guy Ari just three minutes later. And let's talk about the last sub, Philly, before we get to the most exciting moment of the match. In the 79th minute, soon after Pancho Ginella checks into the match, Chicho banging one off of the crossbar. So you can already see Latif, Chicho, now Pancho into the match, Ishmael Tajiri Shradi. The right pieces, the right buttons that we pushed, Philly. But the big, big moment coming just three minutes later. You're not wrong, but I will say, had it not been for the wind, I really think Chicho could have scored totally that agree. goal. The wind and the rain might have been somewhat of a culprit in terms of not allowing Chicho to get on the boards. But hey, look, it, it is what it is. And Ishmael Tajuri Shradi, who won an MLS Cup with NYCFC. If you're wondering who the heck he was, if you go back in time, a year ago when LAFC faced NYCFC at Bank of California Stadium, Ishmael Tajiri Shradi was the man who scored a goal at the death to beat LAFC. So he seems to do good things against the black and gold. But today, on his debut, he did a really good thing for the black and gold. So there's a penalty. He is at the forefront of a free kick. And off of a set piece, ITS opens up his scoring account with a free kick that doesn't get touched. We think it might have been deflected in by Brian. I made the comment that, hey, when it rains, you need a poncho. Thinking Janela put it in the back of the net. But ITS giving Inner Miami I. BS, inner bowel, <laughs> internal bowel syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome, and boom, we get an insurance goal. And talking up to that point, I think all of us in the room, and I would assume everybody watching on TV, knew that with the weather being elements, with the way the game was being played, we really just wanted to rush to see this game end. But thank God, ITS gave Inner Miami IBS, because now we're up two to nothing <laughs> with 10 minutes to go. Yeah, a beautiful free kick. Look, we talked a lot about Ishmael Tajuri Shradi leading up to this season. A lot of what he does well reminds some people a little bit of Adama Diamande, the way he can get forward, the way he puts the ball into the back of the net. A little bit more maybe polished than a Danny Musovsky or a Cal Jennings, obviously, in that respect. So someone who really helps improve the quality of our depth. I don't ever remember Philly talking about the quality of his set pieces. <laughs> what an incredible set piece. It's look, if it was scored from the corner, it'd be an Olympico, but that was <laughs> that would have been the this would have been the game to see an Olympico. Absolutely, right? I mean, this was a beautiful kick from Ishmael Tajuri Shradi. I was hoping Brian got on the end of it just to help Brian out, let him poach one. But that being said, you're absolutely right, Philly. The former NYCFC MLS Cup winner from last year gets on the board in his debut. Have a debut, Ishmael Tajuri Shradi. And the game, honestly, it got a little scrappy, got a little boring. There was, <laughs> it was, it was a little, little bit of a, another altercation between a couple of players. Oh, the, the best thing, and I, I couldn't tell you who, um, who it was against. Uh, but Ryan Holling said, oh, battling yeah. with, battling with, who, who was it? I, I can't recall. I, I tweeted it out. I, I, it was the the eighteen year old kid who came on right there at the end. Hold on, I'm gonna go oh. as as Philly plays the guitar. Yeah, I, think. I mean, I was play. I was accidentally uh, punching the guitar. That was that was pretty funny. Uh, but no, I'll, I'll go back and find it. But you're absolutely right. That Philly. was hilarious. He, he kind of picked him up like a ragdoll. Ascona. Oh uh, yes, Edison that's right. Ascona in the second minute of stoppage time. Punked by Holling. <laughs> Miami picks up a yellow late there in stoppage time. But I will say. The guy who I was really excited to see play for Inter Miami, Philly, 
almost had a moment there in the seventh minute of stoppage time. Not that it would have affected the outcome, but it would certainly have pissed off Maxime Cropot and ruined his clean sheet. Ari Lasseter dribbling through a couple different defenders there in the seventh minute of stoppage time. But luckily, I think it was Mamadou Fall that got the block on it. Maxime never had to touch it. And Philly, I mean, this will be one of the easiest clean sheets that Maxime Cropot ever gets. He had one real test in the second half, having to kind of punch or hand a ball over the crossbar. But our back line again, Philly, through three matches, the only goal we have given up is a Yimmy Chara bicycle kick into the opposite corner from where Maxime Cropot was. If you looked any LAFC supporter in the eye, Philly, and said after three matches, we'd give up one goal, I think everyone is feeling just right about this LAFC squad. No, and I'll agree. And honestly, the only team that we played that's sincerely worth their weight in salt was Portland. So to only give up one goal to Portland speaks volumes. I mean, we didn't play a very good Miami team. Again, we played down to their level. Next week, we're playing Vancouver at home on your birthday, my friend. Yes, sir. So Vancouver, not a very good team, but at the very least, we welcome back Tristan Blackman. I would like to see how we do there. And then the next couple of weeks, we face Orlando down in Florida. And if you look at the scheduling, that's so stupid. If, I mean, we're, we're, we're in Miami, we're in right, Miami right now. We come back home and play Vancouver. Then they go back to Orlando. They just should have flip-flopped Vancouver in Orlando. It would have made more sense to keep these boys back on the road, at least for another week. Anyway, I will be very curious to see what we can bring to the table over the course of the next couple of matches. But yes, we've been much improved to only allow one goal over the course of three games, to basically pick up points over the course of three matches, and to be the best in the West and... Well, we can't say the best in MLS, but we're undefeated over three games, and that that's pretty cool. So far, the Steven Chirondolo era has started off with three chapters of, well, niceness. My friend, you are incorrect. What? We can bring back the entire saying that we had for almost all of 2019 with one little, one little word. Best in the West and... Tied for best in the MLS okay. right now. We still have Sunday to go hey, through. You know what? Right now, as we are recording this, Philly, we are on seven points top of the West. Obviously, Austin has not yet played, so we don't know what's going on with Austin FC. They're playing Portland in a little bit. If they, they are. If they can't, if they can beat Portland, wow. Yeah, if they can play, if they can beat Portland, I have to apologize on Expansion Mansion when I go back on there next because I definitely <laughs> called out Austin. We got Columbus, New England, and Philadelphia all playing right now, and the live standings has them at seven points, but nobody's on eight. Nobody's on nine right now, Philly. So as of right now, we are both the best in the West and tied for best in MLS. (laughs) I absolutely love being able to bring that back, Philly. You were the one that was not just cautiously optimistic, but actually going all the way back to cautious at the start of the season. I was the one that was riding the hype train a little bit more. I'm I'm still sort of kind of riding the Brian Rodriguez hype train because again, I think he played well in this match. Nothing to show for it on the score sheet, but I think he played well. He's doing the things we need him to do. No, he's not taking over the game like a designated player should, but he did in the second half of last game. So that's fine. But Philly, I am Full speed ahead, and you mentioned the most important thing. When we play against teams like Vancouver and Orlando, we need to get our three 
points. Now, Orlando, they're a little bit better. They're a quality club. That's a they're, quality club, That's yes. going to be a fun match Facundo in two Torres, weeks. can't wait to see him. Yeah, I, he, that's a player I think should have been on our roster. But, had faced that. We faced him when he was absolutely. part of Peñarol. But honestly, I, I was reading an article on MLS.com. One of the two or three biggest disappointments on the season so far was Facundo Torres. So, look, from Peñarol, we're hoping that he's able to, to pull it together and have a great season, just not when he plays us. But three points await us as long as Thomas the Wall Hassal and Maxime the Wall Crapeau don't go back and forth and pitch a shutout both ways for Vancouver and for us. We'll see what happens on my birthday. But that being said, Philly, we have two more excellent chances at putting three more points down the road. And all of it then for our first, our second game, excuse me, in April, when we take on the guys in Carson 13 miles down the road, Philly. Your man of the match in this match today for uh, LAFC against Inter Miami. I mean, I don't think it was a very well played game, uh, and I don't think there's any player that really stood out. But if I'm going to give a man of the match to anybody, I will give it to the man who made his debut, Ishmael Tijuri Shradi, because he's the one that put LAFC ahead and really gave them the insurance goal. He didn't play all that much coming in right around the 70th minute, but his presence within the match, excuse me. Obviously paid off paid off dividends. Uh, we could argue that, well, the first goal of the game, uh, the fir- the man who scored the first goal of the game, Quadwo Opoku, should have been given that man of the match bid. But I want to give it to Ismael Tajiri Shradi because, again, as a newly inaugurated, newly entered member of the Black and Gold, he yeah. gave us reassurance, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, who's your man of the match? My man of the match, Philly, is Steve Chirundolo. Nope. Okay, going for the safe one. No, not the safe one. I loved the buttons that Steve Chirundolo pushed today when he decided to push them. I I loved when he brought on Chicho Arango. I love when he brought on Latif Blessing. Obviously, he made a great move in bringing on Ishmael Tajiri Shradi when he did. I just thought that the substitutions today were at the right time for the right reason. Look, it all comes down to LAFC going up a goal and up a man. So in the second half, you can kind of try and assert your will, but it really didn't happen to start the second half. So I firmly believe those early substitutions in the second half, we talked about it, Philly, where Chicho comes in for Mahala, where Latif Blessing comes in, where Ishmael Tajiri Shradi come in, Making three subs before the 70th minute or at the 70th minute mark, those were also the right subs to see out a one nothing match. I thought we did everything we needed to do to win this match one nothing, and then your man of the match had a moment of brilliance on his free kick from that right side that found nobody except the back of the net. So we wind up being able to see it out 2 nothing, and much more comfortably so because of the buttons that Steve Chirundolo pushed. Yes, Franco Escobar was hurt. Yes, uh, Cheeky Palacios was hurt. So we didn't get to see those two guys on there. So the buttons were a little bit easier to press. But they even mentioned on the broadcast, and that's the next thing we're going to talk about in just a second, Philly. Uh, but they mentioned on the you. broadcast... That uh, and it was the it was the second guy in the booth. I don't know who the first guy was. He was awful. But we'll call I, him idiot number one. Yeah, but I really enjoyed the second guy in the booth because this guy actually did his homework and knew LAFC a little bit. He said Steve Chirundolo really seems to know his players right now, not just in the starting eighteen, but in the players that he can bring off on the bench. And, and I thought that was really important. So my man of the match is Steve Chirundolo, Philly. 
you are the voice of the Ontario Fury. You call games, uh, I guess it would be nationally, right? For MASL. Internationally. Right? For indoor soccer. I'm heard in Mexico, too. Uh, your, um, your thoughts, if you will. Now, for those of you that are wondering, if you hit the SAP button and you had the English broadcast that was the one that was on Twitter and on TUDN, you got this guy, and, and we probably should have looked up who it is. And while Philly, because I have a feeling we're going to be a minute here, because Philly's got some thoughts on this guy, uh, I'm going to look up his name. But Philly, your thoughts on the, the lead man for LAFC or for the LAFC match on Twitter and TUDN English. So I'll tell you this. Uh, having been the part of over 200 podcasts, having been fortunate enough to call a year's worth of, of, of professional indoor soccer games, which, by the way, a much faster paced game than outdoor, listening to the TUDN broadcasters was frustrating for me because to me, the most basic thing Forget the knowledge of the game. Forget the analysis. Forget the calling of it. The most basic concept of it is don't, for the love of God, don't screw up the players' names. Gonzalo Higuain, an unbelievable player and obviously one of the highest profile players to come into Major League Soccer. His last name was pronounced Higuain. By idiot number one, who Scarf is going to figure out who the I, name is. I'm looking. Can't find it yet, but I'll, so I'll find idiot it. idiot number and, one. And guys, you'll hit us up on Twitter, and you'll tell us who it is, too. We know that. We appreciate that. I'm just trying to find it right now. And honestly, if you know the guy at TUDN, tell him, pass along my message. Philly said so. <laughs> it's not Higuain, idiot. It's Higuain. Mistake number one. Maxime Crepeau. It's not Crepo. It's Crepeau. It's Ismael Tajuri Shradi. Not Ishmael Tajuri Shorty. Shardy. Or Shardy. Shardy. I'm sorry, but you lose me at that amount of stupidity. I don't know how else to call it. That, to me, was the most frustrating element of it all. You could do it once. You could do it twice. But when we're picking up on the fact that Higuain is called Higuain on three or four occasions, come on, dude. Show me that you don't know soccer players' names. <laughs> And you did it on multiple occasions. So if anybody knows the idiot at TUDN, please forward this segment of the broadcast. And if he has the audacity to call me out and tell me, can you do better? I accept your challenge. I will take that mantle and absolutely shred you to pieces. That is my regard. And I know it and I'm confident in it because Philly 316 said so. Get the names of the players correct on a broadcast. You might miss a play. You might need to refer to VAR. You might miss something, but at the very least, get the goddamn players' names right. You lose me when you pronounce stupid-ish like Higian, Crepo, and Ishmael Tajuri Shorty. Idiot. So normally that's where I go, hey, the views of one Christian Philly Philemon are not necessarily the views of Defenders of the Bank podcast nor the scarf, J.R. Lieber, but you know what? Get the names right. I'm all for it. You got to get the names right. And and this was awful. And I want to say one other thing regarding this, this whole broadcast for Major League Soccer. First of all, Don Garber, we know you listen to the show. We know you're a big fan. Thank you for listening. A couple of thoughts that I have other than Phillies is also just the following two words. Do better. Yes. Do better. This game. Miami versus LAFC, the only game on from what I understand in that time slot in Major League Soccer. And if you want to watch an English broadcast, it's on Twitter. 
Twitter. Now look, I know Twitter's <laughs> up and coming, right? Says the guy who signed Twitter like ten years ago. The only place we can watch in English, Inter Miami and LAFC, two of the league's showcase cities, two of the league's showcase clubs. Let's talk about two of the league's showcase owners. How much do we get crap at LAFC for, oh, Will Ferrell owns your club? How much does Inter Miami, oh, David Beckham's the face of your club? Okay, you got two of the biggest faces, two of the biggest clubs. One actually plays like it. You got two of the sweetest uniforms, that hot pink jersey, yep. even though it's got a collar. Philly likes it a little more than I do. I love it. But I love it. The Oh, I love it. The only <laughs> thing that you can do is to put it on Twitter. Now, look, if you want to watch the Spanish broadcast, and first of all, I am sure it was a thousand times better than anything by hitting the SAP button. That's for sure. Those guys seriously were idiots. But how awful is it? That one of the league's marquee matchups, that the first time we go to Miami in our history, that this is not available for more eyes to see it. Now, look, it was already a bad look coming into the match with about, what, 9,000 people out of the 19,000 people that can fit into Drive Pink Arena. That was awful. The, the shot at the very beginning of the Twitter broadcast Thank goodness Miami painted their seats different colors <laughs> so you can barely tell whether or not there are people in the stands. But you know what I did see? You know what we saw while watching that game was a black and gold stain on the side of that south end. It was absolutely beautiful. And look, if you would have given us more of an opportunity to travel there, if it might have not been 3,000 miles away, I guarantee you we could have filled up their entire South End for them and show them how it's really done out there in Inter-Miami. I don't want to see your ultras bouncing up and down while, while, what was that, that tarp thing that they had up there, the ribbon, whatever was going on. That was such a disappointing showing by Major League Soccer, by Inter-Miami, all the way around until you panned over to the South End, to the 3252, showing you how teams are supposed to travel, how teams are supposed to support. And I am just so proud of this club, but just so surprised that Major League Soccer doesn't throw more of their weight behind these broadcasts and do a better job a la the Premier League. If the Premier League can make Norwich look good, <laughs> then MLS figure out a way to make some of these matches more appealing for the masses. Because you know what? I don't need to know that Josh Sargent is playing to still get excited to watch a Norwich match and the largest fan I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I will still watch it because of the production value, because of the people like Rebecca Lowe, because of the giggity. people like Men in Blazers, because of the people that, that call the match, that support the team around the production and everything else that goes in to what Premier League looks like. And I hope, and I said this to our friends over at 110 Football, I hope when the media contract comes up, whenever that is, that Peacock and NBC find a way to take the MLS under their wing because they do it right and they do it with every single club up and down the EPL. No, I, I like that. I respect that. I didn't even think about the fact that we were watching it on Twitter. To be completely honest with you, I was just angry at the idiots calling the game. <laughs> but between them and obviously the fact that they had to migrate the game over to Twitter, I, I feel your frustration. And you know what? Again, if there's anybody that listens to this podcast that has access to the powers that be, by all means, please forward this message up to them. We will stand behind our words and our comments because we sincerely mean them. We're not looking to 
say these things for clickbait or for attention or for anything along those lines. Granted, that would kind of help us a little I was bit. Say, but also clickbait. But, but, but besides the point, we want to see this league grow. We want to see it executed on the greatest level that they can. We don't want to talk about executing the broadcasters <laughs> that speak. Yeesh. I mean, I actually wouldn't be happy to execute those guys because if I had the job, no. maybe I could quit my own. No. Not literally. No. But again, they executed themselves by calling Higgin and, and Ismail Tajiri shorty. Shardy. Shardy. <laughs> Clown shoes, man. Shardy. But, but, but totally. And thankfully, though, to kind of wrap all things up or just tie all these yes. loose ends together, yes. LAFC gets more points yes. in this matchup. LAFC sitting in a pretty good position, and LAFC a week away from a match. And a reunion with Tristan Blackman of the Vancouver Whitecaps. I would say thus far, we're looking pretty good. And the Steve Chirondolo experiment is going well. And for all the poo-poo sayers over the course of the offseason, myself coming around, included. Philly. They're coming around. I mean, I'm kind of coming around as well. I was cautious. Now I'm cautiously opt. I'm in. Opt. Not optimistic. Not cautiously optimistic? Opt. Are you kidding? It's three games oh. in, my man. Three games in. If we could wreck Vancouver. If we can beat Orlando. And if we could absolutely drop a nasty ass bomb on the digs <laughs> then I will say you know what we're, we're for real but I'm going to be cautiously opt even though I want to just say oh. we're killing everyone because that's that's no. how I am man go for the jugular kill everyone strike hard strike fast no mercy I'm Johnny Lawrence you know baby Cobra Kai in the house you can't go for the jugular being cautiously anything my friend and look as That's everybody true. knows, with my support of Brian Rodriguez, because y'all have made fun of me now for several seasons, rightfully so. Uh, look, moment of silence for John Madden. He used to drive his bus everywhere, up and down this country, all over, never flew, never got off the ground. He said, those wheels don't leave the ground, so I'm sticking with the bus. Well, here's what I have to say to all of you. If you need a hype train conductor, if you need someone to drive your bus for LAFC this season, count me in. I think this club is going to have its most successful season in our club's history. We may not reach the amount of points that we reached in 2019, but I do feel that our club is not only going to contend for, but also win our second supporters shield. And I'm saying it right now, we will be playing MLS Cup at Bank of California Stadium. I'm, I'm telling you guys, Steve Chirundolo, the veteran pieces that we brought in, and what I've seen from this club so far, winning the three points, taking three points on the road like this, we're going to come back on my birthday, Vancouver, March 20th, Bank of California Stadium, against the Wall Hassal, Tristan Blackman, and everybody else who Vancouver is going to throw out at us. We're going to take three more points there. I feel like, who was that, that one politician? And then we're going to go to Florida, and then we're going to New Jersey, and then we're going to That's who I am right now for LAFC. Howard Dean, that was his name. Hopefully, we have a little bit of a better time than Howard Dean did on his election night. And I'm saying this. It's going to be a black and gold party for MLS all season, especially Philly at the bank next weekend, the birthday party of the scarf. Indeed, indeed. And I got something to say to you, scarf. Yeah. Brian. Oh, I'm oh, waiting. Brian. You know, I'm waiting for that signature for that moment. song we come up. Crying. Where is the Brian song? Where is the Brian song? Where is the Brian song? Scarf, give us Brian song. I need one goal this season. I need one. One freaking 
goal. One is the loneliest number right now. I'm waiting for Brian to score that first goal, you guys. All right. So, Philly. We're still doing a podcast. We're you almost lost everything that you had in your lap right now, my friend. We're, we're kind of going off the rails, but you know what? It wouldn't be episode 183 of Defenders of the Bank if we didn't for just a little bit. 17 we, till 200. I, I love it. Uh, and Philly, I think that's that's all we pretty much have to say about this match. We'll see everybody out on Christmas Tree Lane for the birthday party of the scarf. I like it. All right, there we go. And you guys know how we like to end all of our episodes. This one, 183. And we'll see you guys all on Christmas Tree Lane. Bye-bye.